0: My mood fluctuates. How can I be in a good mood all of the time? That's one of three of our questions today. Hello and welcome back. I'm Joy the Detox Coach. And my definition of a detox is a specified period of time where you cleanse or subtract everything that's weakening the body and mind and you rebuild or add all the things that can strengthen the body and mind. And and that's very, very important because you have to realize that detoxing is adding and subtracting. Most people are obsessed with just adding, 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 and they do not know that they're doing themselves a disservice by not subtracting anything. So for the first two decades, of my career as a holistic wellness practitioner, I helped people with the rebuilding and all the adding, adding the fitness, adding the supplements, adding the nutrition, adding the diets and detoxing. But then I discovered something. I discovered that all of these things that they were adding, however, not subtracting anything, was causing them to take two steps forward and six steps backwards. And that's a huge problem because eventually you'll get demotivated when you see that all of your efforts are in vain. Like if you're human, eventually that you'll, you'll get enough of that. You'll get fed up with that. That's just normal human psychology to eventually give up on something that feels as if it's not working. OK, we want to see results. And so I ended up becoming a synergistic kinesiologist with the ability to do muscle testing now allowed me to help people to release, cleanse, purge, uh, anything that's negative or toxic from their emotions and their mind. And that, is, that was a huge piece of the puzzle in addition to detoxing certain toxic foods and stored fat within the body. That's a huge component of the puzzle as well. So just remember, if you don't remember anything else, just remember, When you are making changes, when you are reaching for your goals and desires, you have to continue to ask yourself, what is it that I'm adding and what have I subtracted? You have to let go of something. I promise you, I don't care what it is. I don't care which journey you're on right now. I don't care what you're trying to accomplish right now. I promise you that there is something that you need to let go of in addition to what it is that you're trying to add. All right, so with that being the case, let's go ahead and jump into that first question, which is my mood fluctuates. So how can I be in a good mood most or all of the time? I'm about to say something. Um, And first of all, that came from Chicago. So thank you. If you guys have any questions you want me to answer for you, you can text them at 747-777-6304. Just text me your question and where you're sending it from. I would like to know where you are sending your question from. Okay, so with that being the case, how can I be in a good mood most of the time or all of the time? I'm about to tell you something that is going to shock you. (laughs) What I'm about to say will shock you. It takes effort to be in a good mood or a bad mood. It takes effort to be in a good mood or a bad mood. So not only does it take effort, but it also, when you're, whatever you're cultivating, whether you're cultivating your good mood or your bad mood, just realize that more than likely, if you're cultivating your bad mood, that bad mood stemmed from your subconscious mind, which is your habit mind. So that means you formed a habit of of feeding, I always want in one of my programs, I talk about feeding or starving something. So you formed a habit of feeding that negativity. And I, I and I know that's a hard pill for you to swallow. It's a hard pill for you to swallow the thought that you are feeding the bad mood. So what happens is you may wake up one day and you're like, but this good mood, I woke up in a good mood yesterday. And it felt effortlessly. It felt like I wasn't even having to work at it. I woke up in a good mood yesterday. How come I can't just, how come it can't be that effortless all the time? And here's the deal. It can be. It can be, it can feel effortless all the time. But just know that whether it feels effortless or not, you're still putting effort into it. Because you have to nurse that. You have to nurse it. Even when you thought you woke up in a good mood, yesterday and it just continued on throughout the day and it felt effortlessly, really what you did is you put your awareness on it. And once you put your awareness on it, you started, you like how that felt. And so you kept putting your awareness on it. And so other things in life started to happen to you throughout the day that made you feel good because you were magnetic. And so everything made you feel good. It was one thing after the other. People say it all the time when it comes to negativity, they say, oh, when it rains, it pours. So you realize how it happens in the negative work realm. But why do you think it's different in the positive realm? It's the same thing. When you put your awareness on it, it makes more things happen that you're aware of that feels good. So just know when it comes to your mood that you are putting your effort into it, whether it's a good mood or a bad mood. you just may not realize it. Subconscious, as I always say means below consciousness. That means you don't realize it. you don't recognize it. you don't understand what's happening but it's happening. you feel the effects of it. you feel the effects of that bad mood. you just what you, you weren't aware of the fact that you were nursing it by giving it attention by feeling bad by nursing that feeling of feeling bad, by feeling hopeless and helpless, okay? So all those things happen that makes you feel like you're in a bad mood, okay? So that was a that was a really good question because I think that people when it comes to their mood, they do feel like it's just by chance. <laughs> or if they don't feel like it's by chance, they feel like it's um External, like something external has to happen to make you feel good. So, if your spouse gives you a compliment, oh, now I can feel good. Or if you someone sends you flowers that day, oh, now I can feel good if someone gave you a compliment that day, oh, now I can feel good if you got a raise that day, oh, now I could feel good if your children were obedient that day, oh, now I could feel good. Okay, so you're looking for these external factors in order to validate the fact that now you deserve to feel good or now that you can feel good. And and, and you have way more control than that, all right? People, this is what you have to realize. You have way more control than what you give yourself credit for. Way more control, way more power, way more authority than what you give yourself credit for. And because of the fact that you're not acknowledging your power and authority, You're waking up every day and that means that you have transferred it to other people. Your power. You woke up that day and you transferred your power to other people. I can't stand for that. I cannot stand for that. I don't want to live my life with other people having that type of power and authority over me and me not having power and authority over my own situation and my own feelings and my own thoughts. That's unnatural to me. And you have to get to the point where it's unnatural for you and you do not tolerate it anymore because that is something that you end up just tolerating. So next question is coming in from Texas. Hee-haw, baby. All right. It says, how can I get over imposter syndrome? Ooh. What's interesting about this question is um, over the years, I've heard people fill in the blank of how can I get over imposter syndrome as a woman? Or how can I get over imposter syndrome as a computer programmer? Or how can I get over imposter syndrome as a medical student? So I've had people fill in the blank with their particular career or uh, uh, direction that they're going in. And so they feel as if that particular direction or field or industry is why, what what's causing them to have imposter syndrome. So they may look at other people in that industry and feel like they have it all together. They know exactly what they're doing. They have a lot of confidence. And so now they wonder like why they feel inadequate or like, who am I? That's really, uh, when I think of imposter syndrome, that's actually the first thing that I think of that question Who am I to do X, Y, Z? Who am I to be good enough? Who am I to be smart enough? Who am I to figure this out? Like there's people in this industry that has been here for 20 years or 30 years or 40 years. Who am I? And I'm just starting out. Who am I to have an opinion? Who am I to have the solution? Who am I to make this type of money? And my parents don't even make this type of money and they're twice my age or whatever. So you have to realize that imposter syndrome comes from that question of, who am I? And that deals with you, not... Uh, well, well, first let me say this uh, before I before I answer that. There's a book called Alter Ego, okay? And the concept of alter ego is not a new concept. There's been athletes and celebrities and CEOs who have been using alter ego techniques to overcome imposter syndrome. Okay. So what happens is they take on an identity of someone else who they already believe in. So if they believe in someone else who's a mentor in their industry, they may pretend that they're them, or they may pretend that they're a superhero, or they may pretend that they're a fictional character, or they may pretend that they are someone else with a different name, with a different identity, with a different look, with a different personality. And what happens with the alter ego is they step into that person, into that role, whenever they feel like they need to step into that character. So they may step into that alter ego before they get on the stage. Many people know Beyonce claimed to have an alter ego of Sasha Fierce before she hit the stage. Uh, Eminem he hit the, um, stage and he had an alter ego, you know, Kobe Bryant had an alter ego, which was, um, Mamba. And so the, the key is what happens is they get a name and they don't have to be that person. They are pretending almost like they're acting to be like they're that person for a short duration, and then when they don't need that character anymore, it's almost like they hang it up again, like a pair of pants in the closet. Hang it up in the closet, I'll come back to it when I need it. Oh my goodness, I've, I did a live stream or a video on alter ego before, so I'm not going to go deep into my thoughts on that. I will highlight my thoughts by saying two things. Number one, I'm not a fan of alter egos because it's an imposter. I don't want the secondhand version of something. I want the truest version of something. I want the first-hand version of something. I don't want the secondhand version of something. I don't want something that's inferior. So to me, the alter ego is an inferior technique to the real thing. And I don't want anything that's inferior. I want something that I can embody. And be that all the time. And identify with that all the time. Okay? So just know that sometimes when you make a choice in life, you're making a choice for an inferior solution. I I always say we're presented with so many choices and we get to choose. We get to choose. Um, I was in the sauna this morning and I was looking out and there was a bird that landed in the grass in front of me. And I was looking at this bird and, you know, the food was provided for this bird. He just took his little beak, stuck it in the grass, pulled out a worm. Voila, bon appetit, okay? So, the sustenance was provided for this bird. And the bird was just being. The bird was not worried. The bird was not stressed. The bird was not going back and forth and if it should, Fly, or if it should eat, or if it should go make babies, or if it should play or fight with another bird. It was just enjoying being. It was enjoying that moment. And there's something that we have that's different from the animal kingdom. We have consciousness. They are limited in that. We have consciousness, we can choose. We can choose what we feel, we can choose what we do, we can choose what we wanna be, we can choose how we want to um, express ourselves. Like that's awesome, isn't that awesome? Like we get to choose, we're not like robots. We get to choose, every day we wake up we get to choose. So I don't wanna waste these opportunities to choose. Isn't that great? Like they looking at it as an opportunity we get an opportunity to choose. You can choose what you eat today. You can choose if you work out tonight or not. You can choose if you're standing or sitting right now. You can choose if you listen to this or if you listen to someone else. You can choose if you're going to who you're going to marry. If you're going to have children or not. You can choose where you're going to work. What you're going to be when you grow up, as I like to say. Um, so you get to choose. And I just feel like when you have imposter syndrome. You are choosing a lesser version of your true potential, okay? So just know that. Just freaking know that. So the final question from Florida. Hello, Florida. We are neighbors in this state, obviously. (laughs) All right. This question is, how do I stop being so jealous when my boyfriend looks at other women? Oh my, oh my. It's so interesting. I feel like there's a commonality between these three questions today. Do you guys, did you guys catch it? Did you guys catch it? Let me say all three questions and then I'll see if you can see the common thread. Number one, my mood fluctuates. How can I be in a good mood all the time? Number two, how can I get over imposter syndrome? Number three. How do I stop being so jealous when my boyfriend looks at other women? So the commonality that they all share is they all have an identity crisis. They all have an identity crisis. That's why it's so important to know who the heck you are. And I don't really like to say no. I actually don't like to say no. I actually like to use another word and I'll tell you why. Well, let me tell you what the other word is first. The word I like to use is remember who the heck you are. I don't like to say know who the heck you are. I like to say remember who the heck you are because deep, 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 deep inside, you remember. Subconscious remembers everything. It is the best record keeping file cabinet in the entire universe, okay? And it tracks Everything. It doesn't forget anything. So, what's interesting is I believe that when you know and remember who the heck you are, you set a precedent. You set an energy. You actually are putting a command out spreads all across the universe, you're putting a command out. And not only do you benefit from putting that command out and being in that energy and creating that energy and, and, and being in that energy, but now you start to allow things to come towards you that confirms it. So when you ask the question, how do I stop being so jealous When my boyfriend looks at other women, that is fear, okay? So you have to, going back to how I started this show off today, you have to know there's something that needs to be released. There's something that needs to be purged out. You need to purge something out because that is rooted and grounded in fear. It's rooted and grounded in a fear consciousness. So what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of him leaving you for another woman? Are you afraid that you're not good enough? Are you afraid that you're not pretty enough? Are you afraid that you don't deserve him? Are you afraid that you will be you'll be abandoned? Are you afraid that love doesn't last? If you are, like, that's why I go deep into that. um, In my R3 Method app, I have a a four-day challenge called the Self-Doubt Detox Challenge, and that's what that's all about. It's all about finding out what those limiting beliefs are that spill over into your relationship. Because once you release those limiting beliefs that I have this fear of being abandoned, everybody leaves me, and all these other lies... They're not grounded in truth. They're grounded in lies. Once you release those, you will be set free. You have a mentality that my boyfriend will be crazy to leave me. He got the best thing going on right now. He would be psycho to leave me. Do you know who I am? Do you know who the heck I am? Do you know who the heck I am? You must not know who the heck I am. Do you know who the heck I am? Because if you knew what I know, if you knew what I know, the thought of you, you wouldn't even think of getting with somebody else, not even for a split second. You'd be dumb to think about leaving me. And you'd laugh at the thought of that possibility. And guess what? Said boyfriend will pick up on your your confidence because when women are insecure, they actually push a man into another person's arms. That insecurity is a turn off. Do you hear me? That insecurity is a turn off. So, you're not doing anybody, as a matter of fact, you're doing everyone, even including yourself, a disservice by being insecure because that's what you're being. You're being insecure now. If you are with someone who doesn't respect you, who doesn't love you, who mistreats you, and who is, is cheating on you and, and, and they're doing all of that stuff, that's another story. That means that person needs to be purged out of your life. That's another story. But if you just have this unfound and um, almost like, you know, it's not founded in truth, it's not grounded in truth, that he is actually cheating on you or misusing you or, or, or abusing you in some type of way physically, emotionally, or, or disrespecting you or your relationship, if you don't have any proof that he's doing that and you are just scared, you have this fear, just because he looked at someone, then that is on you, okay? That is something that you have to work on yourself with if it's just an, an insecurity that's unfounded. Um, in, in, in truth, okay? All right, so now let me go ahead and ask my random question. I like to toss in a little random question that doesn't have anything to do with anything just to make you think, things that make you go, hmm. And so my random question of the day is, do you think that there are more benefits by living in a tropical or subtropical area than an area that gets extremely cold. Now obviously, for me to answer that question, (laughs) I'm biased because um, I love living in Florida and now that I've been living here for over a decade, obviously I'm used to these warm temperatures And so when I go to places that have winter, spring, summer, fall, and I go there, I get cold easily. As a matter of fact, I even get cold easily here if the temperature drops uh, below 70, you know? So when we first moved to Florida, we thought people were crazy because we would look around and let's say it would be December, January, or February, and we would see people in Florida walking around. Like one day, I think I saw someone with like a, um, what are those coats called? Um... One of those goose down coats, like big, puffy goose down coats. And I'm like, there is no way you need a big goose down coat in Florida ever. 365 days of the year. There's not one day you need to be in a goose down coat. And (laughs) that was when we first moved here. But then now fast forward to today. And I understand that goose down coat (laughs) and we do get cold easily and we cannot we get to the point where we cannot handle uh, the the cold temperatures anymore. It's like, it feels like it's freezing us. We feel it down our freaking bones. And we're just like, and so to the, to people who do live in, in states that have four seasons, they look at us like we're crazy and they don't understand why we get so cold so easily, or they think we're being dramatic, but hey, it just, it happens with time where we eventually uh, cannot handle the cold. And so, do I think that it's better to live in tropical or subtropical climates? Um, I do. I think that you know there is a temperature that our body prefers. That's my personal opinion. I believe there's a temperature that our body prefers, and I believe that temperature is in the in the early to mid 70s. And so that's what I like it to be most of the time, or above. So with that being said, I like to close out each one of my shows the exact same way, and that is by inviting you to allow Christ to come into your heart. Why? Well, because that's something I did a long time ago at the beginning of my holistic journey, and it changed my life. It is something that I think that people don't know what they're missing out on. If someone gave me a winning lottery ticket and they said, you know what, give this lottery ticket to whoever wants to use it, it's unlimited, so whoever has it can redeem it and they will get this $100,000. I, I would literally spend from the time I got up in the day until I fell asleep that night trying to give that lottery, that winning lottery ticket to as many people as possible. Why? Because I know that it would benefit them. I'd be crazy not to. So that's kind of how I feel with the prayer of salvation. I feel like if you invite Christ into your heart, it literally can change your life for the better. You will not have imposter syndrome because you will realize, you will come to realize that you and Christ are one and that you're co-creating with him in this world and you don't have to carry the world and the burdens of the world on your own shoulders. So if you would like to do that, all you have to do is repeat after me, Heavenly Father, I come to you from the depths of my heart, realizing I have sinned. I repent of my sins and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the son of God and died on the cross for me and my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and live in me now. I receive by faith you as my personal Lord and Savior. I receive your Holy Spirit as my comforter to help me obey you and do your will. It is in Jesus' name that I believe and receive things prayed this day. Amen. So if you said that with me, if you believe it in your heart, I welcome you to the kingdom. This is all about kingdom business. And um, you are more than a conqueror, as it says in the Bible. Pick up the Bible and see what it says about you. See what it says about you. The Bible is not just a book of provision. It's a book of promises too. See what it says about you. And you will see that it's saying all these great things about you. That you're powerful. That you're more than a conqueror. Ask and it shall be given. Like all these promises. And you have some people who have been holding this book in their hands for freaking eons. And they don't believe crap in it. I do. I happen to believe it. I happen to believe it. And I happen to say, I it says something in there that says, prove me now. Okay, I'll prove. I'll prove you now. So basically, that's that's God saying, "Bet it up. Oh, okay, bet it up. So you're going to prove to me that that's not just a bunch of crapola, that it's word, that it's truth. And truth cannot lie. Remember, when it comes to this world, it's either truth or it's a lie. It's either truth or it's a lie. It's either law or a lie. It's a law or a lie. It's true for everybody or it's a lie that you chose to make a false law for yourself. And so I want to live this life grounded in truth. I want to live in truth. And I want to recognize what the lies are and get rid of each and every lie from my life because lies hold you back. You hear me? Lies hold you back. Until next time, R3 for a lie. Bye.